Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of Totally Plans. I'm uh, here with my co-host Mafalda Duarte and uh, with our guest uh, Rufina. And I hope today we have something really interesting. I know we will because uh, Rufina is always super interesting to talk with every time I meet, meet her with, at events. Thank you. Sure. Yes. First, thank you very much for having me. It was such a surprise, to be honest. At the first time when I read your message on LinkedIn, I was like, yeah, wow. I'm, I felt special. Um, I think one of the aspects of event organizing that we're always in the shadow, in the back, organizing things. But um, that I want to be in the light. So what I'm trying to say is like, it's always very nice. We always like in your situation, put, creating the situation where people are on stage. Thank you very much for thinking of me. So hi everybody. My name is Rufina. Uh, I am working at Defcom as a head of sales. Uh, Defcom, if you haven't heard about us, we are the official game developer conference of Gamescom. We're happening just before Gamescom. So this year is going to be Monday, Tuesday, August. 21st and 22nd. Let me double check the dates now, because now I am on a record and I have to make sure that the dates are right. But yes, 21st and 22nd of August, Cologne, Germany, uh, which is the Gamescom is also hosting location. Yeah, actually, I know I practiced my pitch quite nicely last week at GDC. So it was fun. A couple of things, yeah. Uh, going to GDC, for me, it's always one of the best time of the year. I really love GDC and I go there with pleasure every single year. And I haven't missed once except when there was pandemic and we were in lockdown. Um, so for me, it's always a pleasure. I really like how the industry is meeting and how it's such a huge meeting spot for, for all of us. So I'm really grateful for this event. Um, and as for DEFCON, well, for us, it's for me particularly, it's also a, a nice time to be what are the companies out there? What are they doing? What are the games? How the industry is feeling? Uh, are they optimistic? Are they pessimistic? Or are they a bit like we have in Europe, we have all over the world, and there's difficult times ahead of us. And um, it was always, it's like getting the pulse a little bit of the industry and see how things will roll for the next months and such. Then from also, of course, meeting with all the US clients and Asian clients that we haven't, don't have the chance to meet so often, uh, only online. To be honest, also this year, really, we went there with five people, uh, which is great and a luxury, I have to admit, so expensive to, to fly and to stay. Uh, so it was also a very important team aspect to GDC. And, and I really wanted to spend as much time as possible with the team, enjoying ourselves because we, we all work rem remotely. And I think it's the case of a lot of people that might, that listen to us. Uh, so th th those moments where we can meet and do something nice at the same time is just, just extra. Yeah, we've been discussing a little bit on how events mm -hmm. build opportunities mm -hmm. in more of the personal level, in things like networking. But I think you coming from that perspective of like a bigger picture, which is, um, yeah, there are these people that you keep meeting mm -hmm. in every event that you go to, especially if you are more in like a, a biz dev area. But it is true that yeah. if you go to in the biggest ones, there mm -hmm. people that are not going everywhere you are yeah. because they're from different areas of the world. 
that's like the best place to meet mm -hmm. them, right? Because of course they're going to pick the biggest ones to, to go to meet those clients. They are from all over the world. So what do you think that is different in approach mm -hmm. of going to something like TDC versus maybe like a smaller local event? Like both events to be, I feel it's very important to keep things like major events like GDC and Gamescom and hopefully one day DEFCOM, um, but also the national, like smaller events that are very present to, in Poland, in France, in Czech Republic, or on, in South America, I don't know all of them. It's so key to meet the local community and it's quite unique because as you mentioned, when you go to San Francisco, there's a cost behind us, the flight, the hotel, the price on site. So not all of us are, have the ability and the luxury and the privilege to privilege is maybe not the right word, but like the chance to, to travel. Um, and I'll be honest, we also saw the prices of, of airlines. Wow. <laughs> That's quite something. Uh, yeah. Wasn't the case. So that, uh, so the, the difference is like. Hmm. Like GDC is very broad and really attracts both development, production, post-production, pre-production, but also biz dev, like always the business and also the, um, uh, the C-level, also the investors, also like it's a big event where we can have everything at the same time, which is scary because if you don't have a special focus, if you don't, have, if you're not careful, you can get lost in that, uh, go to smaller events or more national events, I, I like to call them. I think it's, it's a, it's a great to get to know the industry, the local industry, to get really in touch with uh, the region, the country and the experience it in a different way, and then have a very niche and, uh, and focus, which, um, GDC is like what, 20, 20,000 plus attendees at just top of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't meet everybody. So you might, you need to make a decision or make a choices. Uh, yeah, definitely. You cannot go totally unplanned. <laughs> Because of all the costs and what is involved, just so I think just people's time mm -hmm. also costs exactly. more a little bit in, in that, right? You don't want to waste anyone's time because everyone organized, they know that their that experiences comes from that a, a little bit of, again, privilege point of view. There's, there's another point you mentioned, Rufina, which is the fact that you go there to gauge the current status of the industry is the fact that in practice on an event such as GDC, you are joining people from all around the world. An average of experience will that it, not only you, any like journalists will have that vibe, investors will get that vibe. Do you feel it's like going out of a bubble in a way or that it has its own bubble there? I have to be careful because sometimes there's also a natural enthusiasm, enthusiasm or excitement, sorry, Frenchness coming here, enthusiasm that comes to the fact that, you know, we got, we come back to GDC. We haven't been there for quite some time. So last year it was a bit smaller. So that we have to be also careful when we try to paint that landscape, um, to not get completely, um, flooded in by this impression of like a back, but yeah, you're, you're right. I think it's about making the right mix between all everything that we are meeting. And when I said getting the pulse, <clears throat> I like to see events as a snapshot of what's happening, the special time with a special region or moment. It doesn't mean it's reality or the truth, but it's really like give you sometimes an idea of how people are feeling. And this could sometimes lead to a situation like, oh yeah, the industry is very enthusiastic and that they're really like striving and they have very, a lot of potential and they see like opportunities and this kind of very positivity leads the industry forward. Sometimes I've been to events, we can see people very more 
careful and be cautious and just not sure, asking a lot of questions. And, you, and, and it's often been moments where the industry was, was going through a, a curve, like going down in, in the wave. Uh, that's what I, something I like about all the events. It's kind of snapshots. Uh, we get, have the chance to experience. Uh, what is your snapshot from this year? If you talk to the investors, they will say, mm, we have to be careful, which is, I mean, reality, right? Uh, like, oh, the acquisition and merge will actually slow down. And I think we're seeing it yeah. a little bit. Uh, but I, I had the impression that, uh, that companies were willing to get out, to, to travel and to get out of there and to make connections. So overall, I'm, it's quite positive. Uh, and especially for, for my line of business. Obviously, when I see for the wing, I'm like, oh, that's positive for us at DEFCOM and also so Gamescom. So we also readjust a little bit our, our, aim, our aims or forecast or expectations somehow. Is there something that changes in terms of mm. uh, the experience that you want to give in another event? Because I remember when we organized uh, things, you organized like a few things around Portugal, mm -hmm. not only game dev uh, meets and, and things like Game dev and game dev camp and, and other things, but when pandemic hit, that's uh, when we organized our first uh, C B2B event online, which was investing in the games. And back then it was just like, okay, now everyone is like, they don't know where to start, but they're also in a way being more open, go to different markets and to go to different opportunities and all of that. And so that's how we build that up. And so is there something for you? Because like it's different, right? DevCon has established a story now so there's like something that people expect but also i imagine you keeping in touch with what the industry is looking for can like influence sometimes okay maybe we should have more speakers on this direction or more activities on that so is there something that you feel like affects you more than other things maybe like talks or maybe just like things happening in the industry or it's even just coming from the speakers themselves like people are applying in a sense of influence obviously uh, for the speakers in the program, it's hard to really answer this question. I think if you have a very good question, it's, but it's really hard for me to answer it just because I'm not uh, tied so quickly to the program. I speak with Nico, um, and I, I try to keep track of all the ideas that he has. Uh, it's not always a success, uh, but for, for sure it, it gives some ideas, but also we tried for us at DEFCOM, we try to carve our own history or story rather. So we don't want to rehash like some of the talk that had been at GDC, obviously it will happen. Uh, so we don't want to just duplicate or clone, um, but it, we get ideas and uh, such. Well, the GDC decided, I believe, not to have the event hybrid. It was on-site and they had an article explaining why that decision was made. And I completely understand that decision. Uh, we decided otherwise, we decided to, to be a hundred percent hybrid, for example, because um, we wanted to give the opportunity to attend DEFCOM and to, to listen to the talks, no matter what they are from the world and no matter the cost, for example, uh, then that's, that's one thing. And um, how they get, how are you getting expired? I think this is a very interesting example because the scale of it, it's they're dealing with a different. DEFCOM is not the same size yet. Maybe one day, hopefully let's see history will tell us. Um, so we're learning a couple of things about uh, how they're dealing, dealing, for example, oh yeah, the IGF awards or the GDC choice award was very interesting, but I think once again, even though we are event organized, it doesn't mean that we are uh, seeing all the struggle of GDC. I don't want to 
depend like such oh i think they have their own struggle i think they have their own decisions uh, that are extremely valid as well mm. so it's we also come as an external attendee here yeah but i think when you organize events you have that side is like you know how hard it is and you just say the of scale course. and all of that and it's like yeah they probably made that decision with something else in mind because th th you know that no one Organizing such a big thing. Mm. Oh yeah, I must do is it's insane. I mean, a, a program uh, six to eight months ahead. That's amazing. I love it. It requires not only planning but a lot of resources and a lot of people to make an event happen. Okay, one thing that, that we get actually inspired and we're trying to see if we can replicate replicate at Defcom is how uh, the the program they use use advisors. Like they have, I think a hundred plus, or maybe not, that's not sure, but like 20 plus for sure advisor that helped them on the program. So there's people that are not working from GDC, but they're actually from the industry and working on their own title within their own company that say, Hey, I want to help on the program. I want to take some time to do that. That's something we would love to also about initiating at DEFCOM, um, because at the end of the day, the program is made for the developers. So we need developers to actually to initiate it. And, and again, that's a way to get that industry pulse in a more internal and close collaboration way, especially if you can have developers from different regions and ask, and coming from this uh, perspective, um, Diogo can attest to this, just talking about investment, for example, in Europe and all of that is just like literally coming from all those different countries can have a, a huge range of expectation of what are the needs from those different markets. Because yeah, Estonia and Germany are quite close by and probably not the same opportunities, not the same struggles, not the same thing they're looking for and the same for among a bunch of different countries around here. So having that scope and scale of advisors would be, would be very interesting. For, for DEFCOM, we do advisory board, um, and they're helping us like opening some doors, giving us some topics, giving us some speakers. We also, it's funny because we also get the help of some random, not random, but some other, like other speakers, exhibitors, attendees mm -hmm. who just say, Hey, I, <laughs> I want to some ideas and they reach out to us and we take into consideration. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, appreciated. For sure. like, that's something useful. That uh, motiv would motivate me a lot seeing, oh, uh, has some sort of meaning uh, and people are feel like they, it, could, it could be better because it should be better. I think that's a little bit of when you put yourself in events as well, not only, again, and it connects you more with the industry as a whole. And I think it connects with something that we've been talking about that is like, and games industry is not just about developers. It's about everyone that makes the ecosystem where they can thrive and where we can make our games. Uh, and that's what you're saying about like, for example, oh, maybe I'm in the shadows because I'm just like an event organizer or something like that. But maybe because of the events, that's where some developers can meet investors and can put their game out there. And it's things like, for example, in, in Gamescon, having the India in a, in a booth space, that's like a, a huge, right? For just to connect with players. And what does that visibility that brand gives also? And so I think that's that element of that building ecosystems. It's not keywords. It's really what makes us exist as an industry in the whole. I can give a, a clear practical example where uh, you, Rufina, had an impact. And I'm sure this multiplies towards a lot of studios and a lot of developers, which is just for the simple fact that uh, on in 2019 you invited me for a dinner you, uh, you which unlocked 
basically, I don't recall the details about dinner. I just recall that uh, there was this issue with the um, with the guest list, but uh, it's a story for later. And and uh, from that point. I was at a table where other developers were there and we discussed a couple of things that unlocked to meeting a CEO of another, then invite me to the dinner on a different country. And from then we even discussed other things. So I know that you've been very impactful oh, for you. a lot of developers and studios and then uh, trying to gauge is, okay, I have that perspective of you, but I was also be very interested to know what your um, conscious perspective of what uh, DevCom can have to offer positive sure. for you. Sure. Thank um, you. <laughs> it's always funny when it comes like this. Uh, I'm glad it, I actually remember it was the networking dinner. I remember. Yeah. Uh, conceptualizing DevCom is like it's a developer conference. So we have the program, which is nice. Like it's perfect to meet the speakers and get to know, to share knowledge and best practices and such and meet other fellow developers. Then we also have, let's say, make, let's make it very simple, have an expo that is like where it's perfect to like showcase your service or technology or to recruit. We also have an indie expo with like different, different sections. So perfect for the developers to showcase the games and meet publishers. And then we have a lot of networking opportunities. And then I think that's one of the strengths of DEFCOM is, is we are creating moments within the two days and a half, because we're starting on a Sunday. Uh, where people can meet in a more relaxed atmosphere or more either some, sometimes very niche. So for example, we're planning to have an executive dinner for 50 people uh, or and here we're going to select uh, the attendees, make sure that they have, not that they know each other already, but that there has a reason for them to connect to each other. And then on a bigger scale, for example, the networking dinner, which is like around 400 guests. Uh, and here is like a mix between speakers, VIPs and partners, but also we're trying to kind of show that there's a nice, that we don't miss anybody. And if we do, please, I apologize in advance, please let us know and we will try to arrange things on the, as much as we can, obviously, on the last day. Uh, so this, so there's the networking aspect of DEFCOM is kind of, I think one of our strengths, I would say, because uh, we're doing two networking opportunities on a Sunday, two on the Monday, two on the Wednesday, on the Tuesday. And in the meantime, during the day, there's also some other smaller networking opportunities organized by our sponsors and partners. So there's many reasons, many ways for our audience to actually get in touch and get, and having share popcorn, share ice cream, a beer, uh, go to a to the executive dinner. Um, go to one of our party and then that's where you use those connections or those stories. Actually, at the end, it's a story. That's what it's funny about. Those stories start and then you just have to follow the thread. So yeah, I was just going to say just about that specific element of uh, that. Uh, the two times I went, I always went to DEF CON first and then GamesCon. And, I, and everyone was always like, if you haven't been to DEF CON before, it was, it's so hard to connect to new people when it's the big environment when everything is happening. And so I think like one of the very good strengths at, uh, at DEF CON is just open air moment to interact with each other. It's not like if, I don't know if there's DJ and the music is still, I'll just go to like two meters away and you're already like fine to just hang in and talk. And it's like an open space, which is great for, again, like this COVID times and all of that, just like to, to feel safe, to feel that you have space to walk around, that you're not closed in a dark area. And I think that's one of like biggest things that was like very big impact that, and also that it, you don't need to move anywhere 
to start connecting. It's just like, step outside. <laughs> Here you are. This is the networking area. And I think like a lot of those things gave, gives a lot of like cozy vibe to those two days, two days and a half. But <laughs> and so I think that's that part of just starting to like see someone in that crowd that you keep bumping into because there's no other place to go. This you reminded me because sometimes we say remote, we work, we're so deep into the grinding our own work. We actually forget why we are in that industry. And at the end of the day, it's just because we like to make friends and make off course games and we love games. But at the end of the day, through that journey of making games or selling games or whatever, we're actually making friends. And that's what I like about, and GTC reminded me, is that all of those people, eventually, meet them again, and then you share a story, share something, and then they're actually part of your network, part of your friendship. Uh, and I had moments like this at GDC, where I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in 10 years. And I was like so touched by seeing that person. And I was like, damn. And then the person tell me the story, where they are, what happened in the meantime. And I was like, oh, I remember we went to eat those mussels. And I, then I found out that, that the person didn't like mussel at all. Anyway story and then it's just so warming and that's what i like about that oh for sure you just unblock like all the the games gamescon devcon stories now <laughs> because like actually that for, for me for example like in a personal level that's how that's now how we in diogo met we met <laughs> five years ago diogo we, no, 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 no. <laughs> we met so many Apollo years before exist. that but you didn't exist in my life me. and Actually, oh. until they've come, the note wow. I have here as what you were saying is the following: such a lie. this podcast and the work we did at Nerd Monkeys wow. was thanks to Devcom because it was actually at Devcom that met. Let's put some quotes. I met Mafalda because I saw her on an environment mm -hmm. very close to my type of work in biz dev and in the interaction, and I saw, oh, I here's someone that actually is very similar to my approach and my style. And uh, then uh, I think still in Germany, I it is you. I said, well, maybe we should talk about this a little bit further. Oh, and then we great. met afterwards and, uh, and uh, we figured out a way of working together. So in that sense, see how impactful that event can be. Uh, Mafalda is going to try and convince you is that uh, we actually met in 2014 <laughs> and 2015, uh, but she was not there. It's like, it all, there's <laughs> no proof. No recordings, nothing. To note on that is that year I was still doing two D art freelancing. I was in in my masters, uh, doing something around narrative design. I thought I was going that direction back then, and, mm -hmm. and it was very nice. Mm -hmm. One thing is like I connect to people that were in more of mm -hmm. an academic mm -hmm. side of games, so I figured that those people also attended game events, and it was a great way to connect. To, like internationally and also like oh my thesis is all about this and they're like very excited which it never happens whenever you say you're doing a thesis about game design no one cares you know i never deliver it but it was about like the process of adaptation nice. and how can you adapt something as linear as fables into video games that are not linear at all and it has those like game the input of a player but it was also very interesting to go around and debate that with people and again, and just like talking about art and all of that. And that made me into a producer apparently, but then because Diogo looked and he was like, you should come to Nerd Monkeys and produce with me and do biz dev. And so I think it's also a way sometimes to unlock, um, some like things about yourself that maybe even you wouldn't notice because that any student that might be listening to, your, to our podcast, I also always try to have like a bit for them 
It's just like sometimes you don't even know the types of jobs and types of opportunities that exist into the, into the game industry because it's like it's not about being an artist, right? You can be like you can do textures or 3D or like 2D and then into 2D you can be concept or you can do just promotional art. And as soon as you're there, I remember like that year in 2019, I heard the talk about and I'm so sorry, I can't remember the name right now, but, and she did a talk about the narrative design work she was doing at Inc for Candy Crush. And that back then was like mind blowing because like, you know, like maybe you think about narrative design only for like games that had narrative in it. Right. Or when she explained it, I was like, yes, that's exactly the thing. Like, how can you incorporate themes and all of that within gameplay and that design, it doesn't, it, it didn't need to have were specifically, even though of course they were part of it. And I think just connecting with that and like how different, even if you know that the job exists, understanding different ways, how it is applied, because games are so different from each other. That's like a huge uh, high opening. Yeah, also, I think there's another thread I can pull here, which is as an organizer of an event, you are, must be painfully aware how hard it is to bring new talents, new developers, new people from different backgrounds and different cultures and different countries. And it is a very uh, active and conscious um, decision, a lot of work to do that. I know you do this because the reason we were there uh, meeting, even though we are both from Portugal, we need to meet each other professionally. Uh, and the reason was at the time, uh, me and Ricardo Flores, uh, we were uh, working together to try and bring opportunities to try and have more Portuguese studios being represented at the event and expanding their horizons and bringing more networking opportunities and investment opportunities and learning through the talks, et cetera, et cetera. And we actually achieved that. So I think I, I'm not fully sure, but I think it's it, at least 10 studios were represented at them, uh, there, which was very big increase compared to, to previous editions. Uh, and so even though I think you agree with what I'm saying, uh, would you even say that's the hardest parts of organizing the DevCon or is there something I'm missing here? You, you know, it's really hard, but also it's like not forgetting anybody. I and mean, you actually always forget some, someone. It's really hard. Like you have to go into, the, into that situation consciously saying we're trying our best, but I know it's not going to be enough for, and it will be always like different perspective. We're always trying to create the best moment for everybody, but we also know that some people will not have the best time. And we also know what situations that are not okay, that we're trying to address when we hear about them and actually or address them on site as fast as possible. Uh, thing is, any work, we try, we start somewhere, and then as we pull the thread, we actually realize, oh, there's here, and there's there, and then it's this. So it's a, there's like always a conscious work of staying focused on what we're trying to do and what's the goal or what's the objective. And then there's always legend, as you mentioned earlier, that we have to accept and then we say, okay, but let's do this as well. Or let's also focus on this specific uh, need uh, as well. Like, like in 2019, we had Womanize happening at DEFCOM. It was really nice. A woman in game breakfast and it was organized by Womanize, which is a German DT based in Berlin. And uh, last year we decided to expand that. We wanted to actually have a more inclusive aspect to that inclusive and yeah uh, opportunity at defcom so we did a flinta meetup we uh, we had a couple of registration that was really nice we see the nice momentum on site sadly we were i think 15 20 it was smaller quite intimate group let's put it there yeah it's like two tables i remember yeah. 
then it was the first step, for example, uh, towards something else much bigger. And I think we, at the end of the day, DEFCON and any event is organized by people. And we actually, it's uh, people's uh, desire who we're trying to push. And when someone says, hey, for me, this is very important. And we're like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, so... And Flinta was something meaning important for us because we had non-binary people in the team and we felt we wanted to create a safer space for them. And yeah, and for the program, as I mentioned, it's also, as you said, it's a proactive, I think you very ni nicely nailed it down. It's a proactive action. It's about deciding that sometimes we're not going to go the easy way. We're going to take the hard way because that, that's what for us is meaningful. Um, and maybe it's not going to be successful right away and that's okay. We have the chance to afford that, not to be successful, like having thousands of women and non-binary or trans speakers, but I think it's first step. And also we have to go, I also have to be aware that it takes time. You can't ask, uh, someone who is not used to speak, who maybe no, doesn't want to be, uh, be visible and or be on stage, um, who may have a personal story that they are just healing from, let's put it. And we can't ask them to make them, put them on stage. It doesn't work like that. It's a very personal decision. And you have to be vulnerable when you go on stage. It's a long process, but for me, it was when I started DEFCOM, when I talked to Stefan, I remember in December, 2019, yeah, 2018, when I talked to him just before starting, he said something that for me changed. It was like, he said, I want to change things. I want to use DEFCOM to change things, the statue quo in the industry. And for me, it really resonated because I was like, I wanted to move like in the industry in a sense that was for me more uh, inclusive. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I can in that direction. So, and it sometimes it also comes down to speaking to your colleagues or standing up or say, Hey, this is not okay. Why do you think this way? Why can we do this way? Uh, for example, I remember talking to, uh, to the content team and saying, because they were like, oh, we don't have enough women, but we should ask why, why women don't decline. First question, like why I understand, but why are you not coming? What can we make to make you more comfortable into our conference? Uh, what should we change? Uh, and sometimes the answer will be maybe nothing. Maybe they will say, well, listen, I don't feel comfortable speaking in a crowd where 80% are men. Very valid point. I don't think I will be comfortable. So then maybe the, then we, as an organizer, we should, okay, maybe what about creating something, a workshop or smaller or something like work with them to, in a situation where to create something that they feel safer. It's an ongoing process. It's also a process for us organizers to say how we should rethink maybe the space. We could change little things here and there that makes people more comfortable. Like we had a prayer room or a silent room or a mother room. From the things that you're describing, I remember again, my first experience was I'd never been to an event where there were like lady things in the bathroom. And I was like, yes, oh, they thought of me. I was like, oh, I wish I had my period today because I could like, <laughs> like you feel warm and welcome on things, a little things like that. And another an element of what you're describing is I think having uh, options of like, I saw, for example, in the application of DEFCOM, like the care of like, Hey, you want to talk about this, but you have a, colleagues that you want to like, apply with. For example, I think that's like a way to open that up because there might be people that are like, okay, I'm comfortable if I'm like, 
in a panel element or talking with my colleagues or whatever, but I wouldn't do this alone. And so even in the application that would, that being there, I think it opens up a lot of people that wouldn't apply uh, other way. And I had that experience doing a little panel at this year, uh, game dev camp of women in games ambassadors and the other two, they, they never like spoke in public like that in an event. And I remember the worries was like, oh, there's going to be people there asking boys, they saying things like, ah, oh, why is this woman issue? Why is not from everyone or whatever, you know, those questions are very, just to throw you off a little bit. And for little things like that, which is, okay, you need to have maybe just a moderator that can take that first. And it's never directly to, to the speakers. You, you don't worry. You'll have a moderator there. That person is going to take it first and he was going to handle it or have someone else in the organization there in the space. So they don't feel like they have to combat with the audience and things like that. So just like thinking about those little elements, I think it goes to what you're saying about why are people not feeling comfortable in this space? Because it can be like, and I see a lot of that changes again, more panels, more workshops, more of those, even like intimate rooms, instead of just being like in open spaces. Uh, because I think that's a little bit of the element of scaredness. It's like, okay, if this can be unlimited or if people can be kind of listening and kind of not, maybe I'd feel, uh, I, I just don't want to, my words be recorded or like things like that. That experience you just described in Paula comes from the little things that Rufina was saying about, which is the, uh, oh, let's try one little thing here. Let's try one little thing. And each time you do it, you learn something. And sometimes it goes horribly wrong. And sometimes it goes away. We, they want more of this. It had a major impact with such a small effort. Those moments comes from that experience, from learning iterative, from iterative uh, event organizing, right? Uh, Iteration is um, extremely important for sure. But as you mentioned, listening and asking a question, I think it's uh, very often sometimes believe we're experts. I think we're all kind of experts somewhere. Or, but at the end of the day, we are can, we're also here to learn. And sometimes someone has another point and it's very important to listen, to be like humble enough to be like, okay, hmm, you know what? I will step back, take that argument or point. I will think about it. And instead of like reacting right away. One of the things I was always saying, diversity or inclusion or that going from that journey it's not like you start and you finish <laughs> no just keep working keep just walking and maybe one you know you're getting better but it's not like you will it's not end goal no sometimes i have people that say oh i want to a company that we want to be diverse and also we have to hire that diverse people and often it's overlooked if maybe the environment that the, the company itself is toxic and maybe they haven't made the changes inside, so they can't retain the diverse crew. It's also about like the introspective as well, path in a sense. So also say, hey, let's think about it. Maybe before being trying to be diverse and hiring, let's just look at ourselves first and solve that. And understanding the diversity, like literally in the work, comes in very different shapes and sizes and whatever that means. So it can be. Maybe you're just very culturally diverse in a fully male environment. You can be, the, you have blind spots in different areas, or again, you're very gender diverse, but everyone is from this one country and own culture, and they don't have 
uh, appreciation for other types of, of thinking. And it is an utopia too, unless we keep tracking of like the percentages of each person of everywhere. So I think it, it is definitely more of a culture that we're trying to promote first and less about numbers or specific people. And I think that's, yeah, that, that's a very good takeaway. Again, not only for events, but just for work environment everywhere, because if you want this in our projects, in our studios and in our events, then you need to, to think a little bit about what, what it means. I was starting at DEF CON in 2019 and I was thinking about this. What, is, what does it mean to have a safe event? How do, we, what is, how do we describe that? How do we make it even happen? Because with such an amount of people, you can't regulate. You can't be behind people at every single point. Uh, and you can't ask people to, to speak because it's not always easy in that situation. So, so I think we are, we're still learning. It's not perfect. Please let us know what we can do better, always. <laughs> I have the experience of going through misconceptions of what a local event is, value of it, the costs involved, the price, ticketing price, etc. And I assume those even scale way up into the bigger the event. On my end, often I see the difficulty of understanding the value or the ticket cost in relationship to the building the event, because as much as you try to be transparent, it's very, very opaque elements for, of understanding what involves, for example, bringing 30 speakers from around the world or the, uh, oh, it's a speaker that has, um, uh, travel and hotel and, and sometimes family. <laughs> family member or get sick while at event and we need to figure out those things as well people don't and it's more than fair they don't see it because it's part of the the background backstage of things what is in your opinion the some of the biggest misconceptions that you see from your experience especially because you try to sell the things out right so it's like you need to show the value so oh wow i think food Catering, food and beverages. It's such a tricky cost. It's such a, a cost that, especially with the venue that we are, is hard to compress. Um, so this is really hard for us. Uh, we're trying our best and to leverage things as much as we can, um, but there's a limit that we sometimes reach. So yeah, this is a um, hard cost. Uh, making the event hybrid, yeah. Because we want to have all the stages uh, and capture the, the stream and as well as the audio and have it everything on, on the event app. So we saw a huge increase of that cost uh, last year. Uh, what else? There's also like always a bit of hidden cost here and there that uh, kind of like when we do a networking moment of opportunity, there's always like, like it's always, once again, it's going to be the food mostly and the drinks. Yeah. But I, th I think that's like the most missed yeah. if it doesn't exist. And also the one that people are not thinking about, right? It's like, maybe they're like, oh yeah, whatever, just food. And, and that's like such a big part and so important. So, yeah. I think it's a great, it's, it's a great thing to, to put here to kind of a little bit of yeah. coffee, coffee. Yes. <laughs> but the funny thing with events, once again, it's like the most uh, basic needs that we have to be, of course, like food and water. That's also like the most expensive, it's crazy, but we can't go without it. Right. Yeah, adding to that, uh, from different, because I've uh, not only game dev events, but also game events or uh, culture events, which I've been involved, uh, I would add uh, trash cans 
which usually have it's way more complicated than you than anyone can imagine about the logistics of having enough and frequently taken care of like it's really hard and uh, guaranteeing uh, bathrooms to be like in perfect conditions or at least frequently taken care of it's way harder than i would imagine to take care of yeah it's always the small things the, the funny thing about, about food and beverage is like, this is actually part of the, what creates the best experience of so many people who say, oh, I remember that dinner there and that. And I'm like, wow. Um, first, the fact that the person remembered the dinner, but not the person, not the people that they met. That's kind of always like, wow. Uh, but it happens so often. It's like food that you had, the drinks. And then because it's, I don't know why. It, and sometimes we, event organizers believe that we need, need to have the best uh, booze and everything and actually again it's actually the food and the coffee often it's coffee i would say it's like it also goes circles back to what you said is the heart of devcon which is if at the heart of it you have networking then that's where people get around food and drinks and so i think it also a little bit of like what is at the core of the thing you are putting together what you're trying to do and again just as like last uh, for like, people watching they're like, oh, but how can I organize events in my little, just be my myself. I don't have a team. I don't have things. Guys, it's just food and drinks. Get a coffee. Exactly. And that's, you know, I was, I was talking to him, I met uh, Mikey, but uh, I don't know. I'm very bad with last names and I apologize, but I always remember the first names and never the last names. So I met this person in Maggie based in, in, in Prague or Czech Republic. Uh, and she was telling me about how she started the meetups in the region. And she just started like the meetup, like let's go to a bar and have drinks. And then now she's like going more and more, doing it just more and more. And eventually she's going to manage to animate the industry and the community. And that's how you start. You have to start somewhere with friends around something that you enjoy. Maybe it could be a game night or some people, you know, uh, with some snacks. It's not that different from in Porto. When uh, I was invited for these uh, startup talks, because I was uh, starting Nerd Monkeys at the time, it was really at the beginning. It was a studio, and other developers that I didn't know about went to watch my talk. And uh, and afterwards, we spent the whole time talking, and we went out for drinks and discussing, and it, that uh, we. We spent so many hours together having fun and talking and even drawing. There was an artist drawing at the moment uh, ended up being what we called it the first meetup up there. And uh, we were always every month doing something and that's how it was born out, just being there. Right. Uh, so that's, uh, that's uh, really, mm. um, not much to it. It's not hard. It's, it's become it's harder after that. that <laughs> I feel, yeah. I feel as it grows. It, yes. As it grows. Because then as it grows, there's more, but this is the serious one, like serious by mistake. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're very right about managing expectation. That's also a very important aspect of events. Don't oversell it. Don't oversell it. Yeah. But it's hard not to, right? Because you also, at the same time, you want to do more and, and in the end, the, it can get very easily out of control and become, uh, um, more of a kind of a reference because also, and Come on, you might not want to admit this, but uh, one is listening, but you are a little bit lazy when it comes to making events. Like you always expect the majority of time for someone else to be proactive instead of doing your own thing. And uh, a common 
question we get here in Portugal is, oh, when X type of event is going to happen again? Or when my city is going to have another meetup here? And, and the answer is, but you are already there and you already know everyone there. Just set it up. But uh, oftentimes they don't. They, they expect, really expect someone else and uh, and they create this idea of you're the one supposed to do this like it's from everyone from from everyone for everyone funny a completely different example and maybe it should not be the best six minutes before the end i was talking to my partner about uh, thing about decision which is consent like uh, taking together and how as part of that everybody takes responsibility and actions to actually share Mm -hmm. and have a part of that decision process and not just rely that someone else would take a decision uh, that would be the best for you or maybe not you know and that sharing that uh, and i think it's very hard to move away from being like oh but someone else will actually do that for me to be uh, i'm also responsible i also i have a little bit of responsibility in that sphere and taking it and moving it forward. And I will almost say it's, it's a societal change, to be honest. Like it's, I think, uh, moving away from uh, just mm. like, oh yeah, the hierarchy, the boss will do that or someone else will do it, but actually, hey, maybe I can do it as well. If that's okay, go ahead. And you can, like, like I'm, telling, I'm telling you, you can do it. It's not that hard. Just do it. I would just say that connects right away to something that we keep talking about that like definitely my mentor in the world is the like be the change you want to be, but like in a way that there are ways for you to be that change that it doesn't mean you now need to become like a big event organizer, right? Like you can be the person that replies to uh, to the forums after the event saying, what did you like or didn't you like and, and help, right? Because if you don't speak up, if you don't try to give like your, your opinion, maybe they can then not act on it and change it and all of that. And so there's like other, there's like so many ways where you can be that change and you can be a helpful force and you can, um, move forward. You just need to understand that the impact, uh, little actions have in, have in the world. It's actually, it's the first step to be, uh, to become an ally is like, I can also um, yeah. do something about it. <laughs> this has been extremely interesting, but I think we've already reached our uh, time. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, accepting this, even though you know, <laughs> it was totally planned. We, uh, we made this yeah, uh, yeah. a long time ago, right? It was, uh, it was really, really Perfect. easy. To- mm-hmm. Uh, you've been amazing and uh, i do hope that i'm able to talk with you later on i would love that thank you for having me it was a really a pleasure Um, completely unexpected once again and uh, you had a very tough questions man i was not expecting you were saying oh it's going to be easy but some of the questions were really tough but i hope i answered that as much as i uh, the best as my abilities Uh, yeah i wish you all the best it was a pleasure (laughs) seeing you both Uh, go ahead change things move things and i'm looking forward to have you at see you at defcom Uh, let's connect after that if anybody wants to join us we're in cologne in germany for sure thank you thank you and uh, everyone listening until the next episodes uh, see you see you Bye -bye. bye